0: That's a very new thing, that's fabulous. Well, uh, I, I feel that God wants to really move in this meeting, so strap yourself in, are you ready? Slap your neighbor, make sure they're awake. Do you know, we've not always, uh, <laughs> we might be based on the Gold Coast now, but for the last 30 years, we lived in Sheffield in the north of England. And um, I think the Gold Coast is a very good reward. <laughs> For 30 years of living in a freezer. (laughs) You guys can take your seats, but I'll need you back. I'll need you back. So um, I'm just going to get stuck in. I'm going somewhere this morning. Um, So like I said, for for 30 years, we went to England in 1991. I was 25. Dave was 31. He's the older man. And uh, we went, I was four months pregnant. And uh, we went to England knowing nobody with $100 a month support from Australia to plant a church in a steel city in the north of England. It was hell. (laughs) And I remember arriving in Sheffield and um, it was in February, so it was uh, winter. And there was grey skies and grey houses and people in grey coats. And I remember thinking, I mean I was brought up in Brisbane in the subtropics and uh, I remember arriving thinking, where the heck have we landed? (laughs) And uh, so we were there for 29 years and and God did some amazing stuff in that time and we're very glad to be home Um, back in the land of that thing in the sky, that round ball that's called the sun. (laughs) But um, after about 15 years, uh, we wrote a book. And it was called Up the Creek Without a Paddle, because we were up the creek without a paddle. <laughs> and it was the story of many of the things that we had um, lived through in the first 15 years in England. Uh, culture shock of the Yorkshire folk whose hands are stuck in their pockets and never come out. And um, <laughs> and just all these stories. I mean, there was like this story in that book when we first arrived. And um, I, gave, I had my son... Uh, who now lives in Sydney? He graduated from Alpha Crucis yesterday, which was beautiful. Um, but like when he was a baby, he was like a living nightmare. He never slept through the night till he was three, <laughs> and uh, thus I only had one. And uh, but Ryan was just so um, hyperactive. I remember thinking to myself back in those early days, I'd love one of those baby bouncers. You know those things you hang hanging not hang like yeah you, <laughs> you hang your kid in the doorway and they jump you know just to keep him busy for more than thirty seconds and um I remember just in those days and uh, we had nothing like we we were li- living on the smell of faith, and um, still are because that's what we're called to live on, right and um I remember saying to dave i'd love one of these baby bouncers and the next day dave goes up into the loft of this tiny little terrace house we were living in and there was only one thing up in the loft and it was a baby bouncer (laughs) like just all i don't know whether the rats brought it in down the terrace houses i'm not sure but there was this and there's all these amazing stories of our time that we put in this book up the creek without a paddle there was one time we were doing these rallies and i think dave had glandular fever and, uh, of course, you still had to preach. So um, we just drove to the rally and Dave vomited out of the door three times on the way, got up and preached. In actual fact, Ryan was born on a Sunday morning and we had nobody to help us then. So Dave was just there for 48 hours and then went to church and preached just after giving birth three hours before. This is the life of a pioneer. Would I want to repeat any of that? No. But this is the what I want to say to you today is because God wants us to live in the sequel, not in the past. And um, A, I'm not giving birth to my son who's six foot three again. That's good. (laughs) But God doesn't want me to live in those days of up the creek without a paddle anymore because he's moving me into a sequel. And I think what I want to prophesy over your church this morning is this, is that God is moving you into your sequel as a house. And it's not that everything that you've experienced and gone through has not been wonderful. But the trouble is when we read a book, we flip over into the next chapter and it's a lazy read because it's almost in the next chapter of a book, we're expecting it to look exactly like it's looked before. And my word to your house this morning is this is not a new chapter, God is writing a new book. And this, the reason I've called this message this morning is the sequel is this. It's because when you look forward to like a series of movies that come out, I've actually never seen um, any Mad Max movies or because it just didn't interest me. I don't like people dying in the movies. But, but I have been told that you look forward to the next movie, it's going to be completely different but it still has the DNA and the characters and the people that have been in the previous movie, but it's a whole new experience because it's a new story. And what we can do when we've been in church and we've been a Christian in Christendom too long is that we can sit down with our hush puppies on our nice slippers and our comfy PJs like people did in COVID. And then we just expect to have a lazy read. Whereas God wants to straighten up our spirits because he wants to move us from a lazy read to a whole new experience of faith. And God wants to take your house into a whole new experience of faith. It's not the same thing again. You don't want to do the same thing again. Because God is moving you into a whole new chapter and a new story, a sequel. It's anticipation, it's excitement. It's what's going to happen next. It's that raw, exhilarating, exciting faith. When you're sitting on the edge of your seat and you're thinking, God, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do this week? God, how are you going to provide? What what amazing, is anybody with me? What amazing thing is God going to do? So I'm going to speak to you this morning from the story of the best wine in John chapter 2 when Jesus created controversy for the church for the the rest of time by doing his first miracle with a bottle of wine. So let me read to you the story in John chapter 2. Are you buckling in? For those of you that know me now, you know I'm lulling you into a false sense of security and then God's going to come and zap you. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, I've never had a mother, ever heard of a mother advising their children on getting more booze. This is what happens. Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me, Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. So nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. till now everyone brings out the cheap stuff first this is your previous experience in God let me prophesy over your life this morning but he has saved the best wine the best purpose the best experience the best way forward for this house till now in Jesus name our God is a God who operates in ever increasing glory And so often in our Christian lives, we operate in this zone that we have, we almost expect less and less. But I want to stir up your faith this morning to believe God for more and more. We can settle into yesterday's magnificence and don't believe that God has better things to come. Elbow your neighbor now and say, God's got better things for you. Elbow the other neighbor and say, God's going to move in your life today. So what we do as Christians, come back, back to the program. What we do as Christians is we develop sensible lives. And as you get older, you get sensible shoes that don't hurt. I've got two artificial hips, so I've had to go down slightly lower with these artificial jobs. But we develop sensible lives, sensible bank balances. We develop sensible clothes. We say sensible things. Allegedly for you, (laughs) yes. (laughs) And so we lull ourselves into a journey of faith that's got no consequence. But God saves the best wine till now and he doesn't want us to develop sensibility about our walk. He wants us as Christians to lean in and believe God for the more and the much more and the best wine. It's saved till now. The best wine, the choicest of fruits, the lion's share, the biggest portion, the largest size of cake. He saved it till now. Jesus always operated in the much more. And so I want to say to you today, this is not the next chapter in the book. It's a sequel. It's thinly based on the past storyline, but there's a new twist. The much more, the best laugh, the best song, the over and above. Am Am I getting through? The greatest outpouring, the purest compassion, the greatest grace, the perfect healing, the most amazing opportunity is saved to your last this is not the end it's just the beginning so when the wine had gone Jesus's mother turned to Jesus and said this has the opportunity to be no fun anymore i don't you don't normally equate a mother with providing more alcohol on Mother's Day. (laughs) But his mum turned to Jesus and said, you know, this, this, it's all gone. And some of you might be in the position today where it's all gone. But I want to encourage you today that all gone is required for you to step into the next sentence. All gone demands the next sentence of God's provision and power. All gone means that God, the God of the universe, who specializes in creating something out of nothing, created the earth out of nothing, he specializes today when you are in the all gone place to taking you from the lazy read to the sequel in your life. In Jesus' name. All gone invites the currency that runs heaven. Now, if you were me, And you've all had this thought. You would love Jesus to grow a money tree in the back garden. Like an abracadabra tree. Zap, there it is. Do you know why God doesn't do that? It's because God's currency is not run by money. It's run by faith. And God wants us by faith to take a hold of our future today in Jesus' name. The faith requires an action. Faith required in this story of the pots that they went and got the pots and brought them to Jesus for a miracle. It required them taking pots that were usually just reserved for water because God wanted to do a miracle with them. I would encourage you that it's time to do something that could house a miracle. I'm bored with a sensible life. I'm bored with normal. I want to do something and provide something to God the Holy Spirit that he can come and land upon and do a miracle with. So why did Jesus not do abracadabra? He was waiting for the servants to bring the pots. The pot being your life this morning. The pot being what you need to bring to Jesus to see him house a bigger and a better miracle. Demands faith and action. I'm rocketing through here because I just want to get to the altar call. Lack demands faith and action. Do you know there's this story in John chapter 9 and it's the story of the blind man with Jesus in the pool of Siloam. And we know this story. And in John chapter 9, it says, after saying this, he spit on the ground. This is the guy that had was blind. I mean, in today's day, if I spit on the ground and slap some of my saliva on your eyes, you'd probably arrest me. So, but this is the story. And after saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with his saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Let's just unpick this for a moment. The guy was blind. So when Jesus whacked the spit and the mud on his eyes, the elephant in the room is, he was still blind. So how did the blind guy get to the pool? He was still blind. But there was something in him that knew that he had to get to the pool of Siloam, and the pool of Siloam it means sent. You got to push through to the pool called sent. You got to push through in faith to where God wants to take you, and to live at times in that zone when you cannot see what is in the middle between the action of God the faith in the middle, and the production of the miracle. Is anybody with me today? He had to push through. He had to go and wash in the pool. You've got to push through. You've got to push through every demon shouting at you that that your destiny does not call. You've got to go. The new wine is your next big step. It's truly amazing that Jesus brought out the choicest wine. The new, the miraculous, the much more. There's a whole new season awaiting you as a church. I've had a whole huge season of life because I am seriously long in the tooth. (laughs) A whole huge season, 30 years of life and ministry in the UK. But God doesn't want me to live in the 30 years of life and ministry in the UK, because God wants me to step into my next. You've got to step into your next today. The place where we choose to leave yesterday and embrace the new, the sequel. I'm just biding my time here. I wonder if the musicians could come back up. You can't keep living in yesterday's books. Because that's what history books are about. Yesterday. Do you know when I was um, had my eyes closed in worship this morning, I saw in my spirit, a a sports arena that's either being built or is going to be built in this city. And I saw in my spirit your occupation of it as a church. But you know for your church to occupy that space, every one of us needs to occupy ours. Every one of us needs to make a decision in our heart that we're moving on from yesterday's season into the new manner, into the new wine, and the new oil. And I'm just going to share this quickly with you this morning as I was um, standing there. and Sometimes we wonder when God takes us through a real refining season, which is what Dave was talking about in the first service. Standing there and like, Oh God, you've taken us through so much in the last three years. And in England, I ran a charity and I was a senior pastor over multiple locations. I was a busy bunny. But there was always this cry in me to be who I truly wanted to be, which was a prophet. And as I was standing there this morning in this service, this will bless pastors you bless me so standing there in the service this morning I realized what God had done that he chipped away everything to make me what he wants me to be now some of you have been through a real refining season even these last three years in COVID has been a refining season but it's because God wants to chip away the history to launch you into your next God wants to refine you as a house to make you a sharp arrow that touches a city. You have gotta step into the new wine and the new future. Let go of the unproductive places that were yesterday's blessing. Do you know what, they were good. Those seasons were great, but they're not now. We've got to in our spirit take a hold of the next. You've got to pick up your mat and walk. You've got to jog on, dust yourself down and move in Jesus' name. New wine, new promises, new places, new venues, new jobs, new provision. We're no longer going to camp around the last chapter. But we're raising our expectations. Is anybody with me today? We're raising our expectations that our God is the God of the much more. We're gonna embrace the rocky path between the slap of saliva and the sequel. We're determined to push through to the place called sin. We're determined to adjust, to alter, to hunger and to expect. Is anybody with me in church? I'm getting excited. And this is not even my church. We're painting the canvas of an end and of a beginning in Jesus' name. I wonder if you'd stand with me church this morning. And now the best bit, when I shut the iPad and I pull it back. So we're going to respond to God today. Because as a church body corporately, This morning, we need to lean into what God wants to do. I can see that venue in my spirit. Like during the week, they're going to play sports and stuff. in it. On the weekend, your church is going to occupy this venue because this house will become too small for you. But for all of us as a church to take hold of our destiny, each individual, one of us has to determine in our heart that yesterday is history, and we're leaning into the new wine. It'd be very easy for Dave and I to come back to Australia at our age and say, do you know what, we work long and hard, give me the Gold Coast Beach. But I'm stirred within my spirit that the reason why we're here is God has a season for us. And there's a new season, there's a new wine. This, are you together? Yeah. There's a whole new season of business and provision coming for you. It's like a business coming your way. And it, and it scared you because it, it's almost larger than you. But God's going to give something to you that's going to be so amazing. It's going to actually enable you to finance the kingdom like you've wanted to because that's the call of God on your lives. So be encouraged today. Don't be intimidated by the largeness of the challenge because God's favour is going to come on it and you're going to be astonished at the provision of God.